guilty soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the Hello, and welcome to the Community Bible Church podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter weekly discussion of the book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dean Ortland. Uh, my name is Matt Owen. I am the lead pastor here at Community Bible Church of Orange Park, and today I am joined by Joseph Brader, who is the pastor of worship and discipleship here at CBC. Joseph, how are you today? I'm good, Matt. How about you? I am doing well. Awesome. Um, do you want to talk to the people about how you were just laughing at me uh, <laughs> before we started the podcast? Because, you know, we've started it and everything's right. nice and everything's respectful nice and, yeah. and kind. Yeah. Just a moment, you were double, uh, a moment ago, you were doubled over yeah. in laughter. That is, that's accurate. Do you we want can't... to tell them why? <laughs> I don't even know if I remember exactly why, but I'll try. <laughs> I think, oh, uh, <laughs> Uh, I was giving you two choices on something uh, in a, a conversation. Well, I'm not we were talking about it. that. I'm talking about my new idea, my oh, new transportation. This idea. So I was uh, I was doubled over laughing at a couple of things. So yeah, that's so I'll, I'll put that I'll, there, But I'll tell you guys what he was laughing at me about. Uh, I have been thinking very seriously about getting a scooter. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm for this. And Joseph thinks it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great, I think it's a great idea um, because I am super cheap. And so I love frugal, frugal. Let's go with that. Um, Not stingy or anything, but uh, I love an idea that's going to save you a whole bunch of uh, gas money and wear and tear on your car. But I also love the image of Matt tooling around like Paul Blart Malka (laughs) as he comes to church every day. So I like this on multiple levels. I really support this idea. See, the interesting thing about this is you... You didn't think it was that funny when you thought it was a scooter that you sit on, right? I thought but it was when a I clarified. <laughs> when I clarified that it was one that you stand on, that's what did it. What is yeah. the difference between how does a seat or how does a seat make it not funny? <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to like edit this way down. We're gonna take the whole time doing this. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I feel like you get out and you like you drive to work like you're sitting on your car or your motorcycle okay. or your, whatever, right? Not standing on a Segway <laughs> rolling into work. <laughs> its top speed is, I think, 18.7 miles an hour. <laughs> that, actually, that actually is pretty impressive. So, yeah. Sidewalks only. So, sure. I'll have to wear my backpack. <laughs> it just gets better. I, okay. I do support it. I think you should absolutely do it. It's a great idea. Well, believe it or not, we do actually have something valuable to talk about today. Uh, Today we are on chapter 9, which talks about Jesus as our advocate. And it's taken from 1 John chapter 2, 1, which says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so we just want to talk a little bit today about what it means for Jesus to be our advocate. And we want to start by... uh, saying the same thing that the chapter says and that is that intercession which is the previous chapter and advocacy are pretty closely related concepts it's not like they're it's not like there's a a strict definition uh difference between them but um what is the difference between 
uh, Jesus' work as an intercessor and Jesus' work as an advocate. Yeah. There's a couple things. One, intercession has more of this like idea of mediation, standing in between um, two parties, if you will. Um, and advocacy, as he explains it in the chapter, um, which honestly, I think before reading this, I would have seen those two as pretty much as the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I could have explained any difference, yeah. to be honest with you. But advocacy has more of the sense of going um, like alongside, going and grabbing one party and mm -hmm. taking them in your presence to the other as you represent mm -hmm. them and plead for them. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a really cool way to describe it and really helpful way. Uh, and then he also talks about intercession being a constant, perpetual work of mm -hmm. Christ, mm -hmm. whereas advocacy is like on an as-needed basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with somebody in our church um, this week, actually, and um, they were talking about advocacy in the foster system and how... Um, uh, I don't know if it's all children in the, you would know more about this than I do, but I don't know if it's all children in the foster care system, but um, there are so, at least some some kids that have an advocate assigned to them. Mm -hmm. So there's yeah. so there's all kinds of legal stuff going on, attorneys, judges, the state, mm -hmm. um, but advocates in the foster care system are there specifically to make sure that the needs of that child are being met. Yeah. So, so if there is some sort of uh, uh, learning problem, uh, learning disability or something like that, they have an advocate that's going to make sure that they get the help they need mm -hmm. at school. If there's some sort of medical thing, if there's, you know, all, whatever it is, this advocate's sole job is to make sure that those needs are met. And when I was having that conversation with this person, I was thinking, okay, that... <laughs> Because they were using that exact word advocate. Yeah. And I was thinking that's, that's what Christ that really is doing for us. This. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so yeah. I read uh, I read the second half of 1 John 2.1. But I think 1 John 2.1 helps us see why we need an advocate. Why, yeah. why we need a personalized advocate <laughs> for each one of us. And I want to ask you what that is, but I'll ask you after reading it. Sure. Um, first John 2, 1, the beginning part says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Okay, so now, now we've got the first part of that verse in our heads. Yeah. Uh, so the... So, how does that, putting it all together, how does that help us see our need for an advocate? What's the context there? Yeah, uh, because we're unrighteous, and even though we're redeemed and we're counted as righteous, we still do unrighteous stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's, like, that, that verse has always been really compelling, I guess, to me, and in some ways encouraging, because <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, he says, I'm writing so that you don't sin, but if you do, when you do, like, still, it's still yeah. happening as much as we hate it, right? So the if is we not a... And the isolated... The if is not a conditional... Yeah, like... If, perhaps, you're one of those Christians that does... Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, universal, ongoing struggle and experience mm -hmm. with sin. Um, I'm writing so you don't. Or maybe it's more like I'm writing so you do it less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you get further away from it. But when you do, because we keep returning to that... Um, that's when we need an advocate, and that's when we have an advocate mm -hmm. who is righteous mm -hmm. and who um, who stands before the Father pleading his blood and righteousness, as First John 2 goes on to expound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I think about this, I'm thinking, 
uh, where you know even the language of that you know if if we sin uh, if any if anyone does sin we have an advocate and I think uh, okay so there, there's a sense in which uh, we're 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 sinning all the time in a variety of ways yeah you know if if, if the Bible tells us that whatever we do do all to the glory of God <laughs> yeah. okay so that's that's a blanket statement yeah. uh, I can certainly say that that's not true of me today I've not done everything to the glory of God today yeah um, and yeah. there's countless things like that or or even our, our motivations mm-hmm. why we do what we do a lot of times we do the right things but for the wrong reasons we probably um, always have a little bit of mixed motives in anything for you sure know? Uh, like, for sure are we ever doing anything fully for the glory of yeah. god yeah i'm not sure so it's I easy am. and it's but it's easy for me to talk about those sorts of things because they're they're like the foibles we all have sure yeah um the the harder thing is when we deliberately pursue sin yeah mm-hmm. and we're, we're all at the we've all had situations where uh we're at a crossroads and we we know the right yeah and we we sin against light mm-hmm. we we sin with a high hand yep and um we do it we do it anyway and those are the instances where i feel like i can't just go to god and confess that yeah yep have you felt that definitely because god's going to you know what the way i imagine is god's looking at me saying you're confessing it. You you just made the choice to right, do you this. Just you didn't decided. You it, didn't yeah. fall into this. You weren't right. merrily going along your way, and you kind of fell in the ditch. Yeah. You had time to think about it. And you were like, <laughs> "Yep, I'm going to do that thing that yeah. I'm not supposed to do." Yep. And now you're confessing it. That, that's the dialogue I have with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I wonder if that's the kind of those kinds of instances even more specifically that john has in mind sure yeah when he says oh you know for if and when we sin we have an advocate like because if i can if i can believe that then i can go to my father and say i i did this on purpose yeah i knew i shouldn't have and i did it anyway and yet i know that jesus is advocating for me Mm-hmm. Um, that's incredible. That is, that is, which is why you know we talked about this a few weeks ago on a Sunday. Which is why God is actually faithful and just. It's literally it's just for mm-hmm. God to forgive us mm-hmm. when we confess. Yeah, I mean that's that blows my mind mm-hmm. for sure, honestly. But for it's because sure. of this. Yeah. So, okay. Then if that's the case. What kind, and this is a question Ortland asks on page 92, it's like straight wording of the book. What kind of Christian does this doctrine create? Yeah, well, he he talks about it um, like really, really taking down our tendency to try to self-advocate and try Mm -hmm. to exonerate ourselves. And that's certainly, that's, that certainly is is Mm -hmm. one outcome of this, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, I'm always doing that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always going to try to justify why I did whatever it was that I did, whether I did it knowingly or not. There was some reason that, you know, that makes it a little less wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, it absolutely does that. Um, but I think it gives us, when I when I read this, and as I've chewed on it since reading it, um, I think it creates a kind of like calm and confidence mm-hmm. in, um, in our relationship mm-hmm. with God and in going to God. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I feel like the condemnation of my sin 
often mm-hmm. and deeply, right? And so if I'm if I'm thinking that it's on the merit of what I'm doing or what I have done or haven't done or whatever, that God's going to accept me, that God's going to forgive me, cleanse me, whatever terminology we kind of want to use mm-hmm. or categories we want to put around that, um, that turns me into a scared, shameful, hiding, running mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. Um Knowing that Jesus is my advocate, I think turns me into a confident, resting mm-hmm. Christian. Yeah, yeah. There's a freedom mm-hmm. that comes from not feeling like you have to advocate for yourself. Right, right. Um, that you don't have to self-justify or do the bargaining that's going to make up for it or whatever. Yeah. What would you say to the person who says, "Yikes, um, that's scary. That's going to create." Christians who don't care about holiness, sure, who don't, uh, who aren't aren't concerned anymore, because because Christ's going to be their advocate. You know, what what would you right. say to the person who has that? Hey, let, who would say let's not take this too far, this advocacy too far? Because yeah. if we do, Christians aren't going to obey. Anymore. Right, we're just going to do whatever we want yeah. and and take for it. Yeah. Well, I'd say first of all, um, that's a probably a, a good and noble concern at least, right? That there's something important underneath that, which is a concern for our holiness and a concern for our conformity to Christ. So that's great. <laughs> um, but I, uh, just because a true doctrine um, can lead you to, a, like, to an abuse of the doctrine doesn't mm-hmm. make it untrue. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Paul's dealing with in Romans 6, because mm-hmm. he's talking about grace and unloading grace and grace and grace. Um, he says at the end of chapter five, he goes, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And then chapter six, he goes, what shall we say then? Shall we just continue in sin so even more grace mm-hmm. can abound? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's doing, he's asking this exact question, uh, basically about like an angle at this, at this doctrine, mm-hmm. an angle at the gospel. Um, and he says, by no means, like it's the, the opposite of this is true. Um, and so I think, uh, uh, I think on one hand, when we, we drift towards legalism naturally, and a question like that can be an expression of that, where I'm thinking, uh, I have to set up the guardrails and the system so that I don't mess it up, mm-hmm. um, which discounts, I think, the the spiritual work that God has to do by his spirit in us to actually conform us to mm-hmm. the image of Christ. Yeah. Um, and second, I think it gets our motivation for, um, for obedience in the wrong place. Um, because consistently in the New Testament, like fear is not really the motivator. The love of God is the motivator. Second uh, Corinthians five is the love of Christ that compels us. Because we concluded this: if one died for all, all have died, and so we live for him. Whatever. Um, Romans two: it's the loving kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So I think we just have the categories twisted, and I've done that, and I still do that. Um, and we know our tendency. I'm going to stop rambling about this, but there's just no, so many things, like uh, so many thoughts kind of intersecting. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do have still like a sinful tendency in us to say, if there's grace, like let's use it, right? Like let's ta- let me do what I want to do. Max out the credit card. Right, maybe. exactly. <laughs> um, but that's just, it just displays on our part such a uh, misunderstanding and misappropriation of gospel grace. And I think we can say with absolute confidence and certainty that the deeper we dive into the gospel and the more we grow in the gospel, the less that tendency is going to exist, mm-hmm. not the more, mm-hmm. um, because the spirit is going to be rooting that out of us yeah. and our motivations themselves actually change. Yeah. Yeah. You've, what you've done is, you know, in bringing all those Bible passages in is, is basically said, 
shown us that the Bible doesn't say, let's balance out the mm-hmm. advocate. It says, this is true, and these things are also true. It's not finding balance. It's not saying, let's make sure, let's, the guardrail is not give people a little bit of grace or sure, a little yeah. bit of advocacy. Yep. The guardrail is, uh, you know, grace abounds. Mm-hmm. And those people who really have, uh, been been buried with Christ and raised with Christ, united with Christ. They don't. They're not going to want to abuse grace like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, how how can we? Right. Um, yep. And that's a better way of looking at it than balance, because balance assumes you can have too much of this amazing thing. Right. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean. Yeah. But we Which, do it. But it's crazy. <laughs> and it actually it actually works against us because yep. we don't have the full advocacy of of christ are we not living in that advocacy yeah, and now we're it. now we're moving back into advocating for ourselves mm-hmm. or or living in a self-righteous way or whatever yeah that's good well uh i think that's probably a good place to land the plane uh, but as always we hope you are talking about this in your family um friends people at church that you know hope this is uh hope this is being helpful to you i'll finish with matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 again Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come you are.